Welcome to the People Performance Podcast. My name is Renee Vincelli. I am a former corporate executive in banking, former project management director, mother of three, turned consultant and coach for those who want to grow their individual team and organizational capability. Each week, I deliver an episode focused on my two favorite topics, people and performance. Thank you for spending some time with me today. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the People Performance Podcast. I'm your host, Renee Vincelli. It's good to be with you all today. I um, wanted to share to kick things off today a few things that are going on in my business um, just to give everybody an update and a sense of um, kind of where I'm at with things and what I've been doing. Uh, business continues to grow, but business continues to be well, and I continue to grow and develop uh, my skills, uh, my offerings, the things I'm providing to my clients. And looking forward to continuing that here as we continue into summer and continue into the second half of 2022. So a couple things I'll share. Um, I continue to do a lot of coaching. Um, so I'm loving having my coaching clients. And you know, it really ranges from life coaching in a sense, a coaching of parents, to coaching of executives, to coaching of professionals. I've actually spent a good deal of time working with folks in the program management space. Uh, folks that are in program management, project management, have that as a role, as a career, who are really looking for a sounding board, another lens, um, another piece of advice um, to add to their, their, uh, their toolkit as they go along on a given project or in their role. So doing a lot of different things in the coaching space and absolutely loving it. I'm having a good time with that. The other thing that I am going to begin to offer in the summer, probably August, um, if you have an interest, if your team has an interest, if you personally have an interest, is the DISC assessment. So if you're not familiar with DISC, I encourage you to go read up on it. Um, it measures dominance, influence, steadiness, and conscientiousness from the perspective of the person that's taking the assessment and really gives you a sense of your style. This is one, you know, there's so many different assessments. I'm sure you've taken many or a few in your career and in your life. Um, this is one I absolutely love, which is why I decided to make it something I wanted to offer to my clients, uh, both companies and individuals. So if this is one that you're interested in, um, please give me a call. Uh, please direct message me. Please find me on uh, LinkedIn, whatever the case might be. Um, I'm excited to begin offering this, like I said, in August to my clients. And then the last thing I'll say, I've begun do, to do also more direct consulting with organizations on their project management. Um, you know, maybe it's advice for project setup, maybe a project is troubled, um, how to implement things well. So, you know, variety of things in that, that camp too. So wanted to give everybody a sense of what's going on with my business, what's happening, um, a lot to offer, having a lot of fun, enjoying it all while making time for uh, family, which is also uh, really, really busy right now too. So my boys are in baseball and t-ball starting uh, as I record this tonight. And we're going to be doing that here until middle of July, I believe, and uh, going to have a good time with that. Vacation coming up, just a lot of, a lot of things happening this summer. So if you do have a need, if you do have an interest in any of those things that I shared with you, please reach out to me. I'm always interested in talking to new people that are looking to grow and develop their their performance, their people skills, their their uh, effectiveness at work, their effectiveness at home, you know, whatever it might be. 
So wanted to offer that. And then the, you know, the, the big topic for today on the show that I wanted to talk about, I wanted to talk about the firestorm that really occurred upon Elon Musk ordering his employees back to the office. And so um, I've got lots of opinions about this topic of working remotely and uh, working from home and also um, what that means to both a company and to a company's employees. And so I wanted to talk about this topic today a little bit and offer some of my, my thoughts. So a little bit of background, if you missed the news. So Elon Musk, the richest man in the world, owner of Tesla, soon to be, uh, I think we're still looking at him to be the owner of Twitter here um, in the next few months. Um, like I said, richest guy in the world certainly is entitled to his opinion and is in a position of power to make this demand, but has um, ordered via email his all of his employees from Tesla to come back to the office. So he sent an initial email that was pretty short, uh, pretty direct, a little snide um, last week, and followed that with this email that I'm going to read to you. Um, I don't know if this is an email or if this was on a company chat board or, you know, I don't even know, but this was the message that he, uh, that he sent following his initial demand for all of his employees to come back to the office. So the subject line, to be super clear, and it's, it reads, everyone at Tesla is required to spend a minimum of 40 hours in the office per week. Moreover, the office must be where your actual colleagues are located, not some remote pseudo office. If you don't show up, we will assume you have resigned. The more senior you are, the more visible must be your presence. That is why I lived in the factory so much, so that those on the line could see me working alongside them. If I had not done that, Tesla would long ago have gone bankrupt. There are, of course, companies that don't require this, but when was the last time they shipped a great new product? It's been a while. Tesla has and will create and actually manufacture the most exciting and meaningful products of any company on earth. This will not happen by phoning it in. Thanks, Elon. So I have lots of thoughts about Elon Musk's message to his employees. Um, I'll share what I liked about the message, and I'm going to share what I didn't like about the message, and I'm going to talk a bit about his ask, um, the ask he has for his employees to be in the office a minimum of 40 hours a week. So first, what I liked about the message and what I like, to be honest, about Elon Musk in general, and I know he is a controversial figure, but I'll just tell you what I like about him. He's very clear. He's very direct. You know where he stands. There's no debating it, you know, no, no debating or reading between the lines. It's just out there and clear as can be, which I think we need more of that, not less of that in leadership. I think his tone can be a little bit rough, um, but y you definitely are clear where he stands. So that's what I like. Um, I think I, I also like the competitive aspect of his message. You know, we are at Tesla going to be the best and we're going to manufacture the best products in the world. So therefore, that means X. That means you all need to do what I'm asking you to do. So I, I appreciate his desire to be competitive and his desire to manufacture the best products on earth. What I don't like about his message, you know, when he talks about why he, uh, what does he say? This is why I lived in the factory so much was to be visible to his employees so those on the line could see me working alongside them if I had not done that Tesla would long ago have gone bankrupt so you know the thing about that that I don't love is it sort of implies that all of his employees ranging from his most junior administrative employee 
to all of his executives have the same motivations that he does, right? So clearly Elon Musk is motivated very differently than most people who are merely trying to feed their families or trying to get by, right? He is a uh, a billionaire many, 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 many times over, the richest man in the world. And he got there through clearly, you know, sleeping at the factory and living there for a period of time, as he says, which is great, great for him. You know, more power to him for doing that. But to imply in the email that his mo- that all should be motivated in the same ways that he is to gain for Tesla all of the success, I think is presumptuous. And to be on- honest, um, I think a lot of big CEOs, whether they be the richest in the world or um, others who are smaller in size or smaller in success, um, maybe not as successful as him, have a similar attitude. I've done this, therefore you should too. Meanwhile, they got the rewards of their work financially, um, in other other ways through their their success. Not all of us want to be a CEO, right? So his his uh, email to his employees lacks lacks the right empathy, the right understanding of the motivation of his employees. Um, you know, top to bottom, the, the employees of his company. So that was what I didn't like about it mostly. I also. Um, think it's a little bit unnuanced. I think he you know, should provide as a leader a little bit more, um, you know, place for a conversation. Uh, maybe he doesn't want a conversation, right? Maybe this is just a one-way, one-way dialogue that he wants to have. So I wanted to share that, uh, that email and, and offer that up really as a bit of a backdrop for what I wanted to talk about, which is this whole notion of flexibility, working from home, um, the way that I see it um, as somebody who has benefited from it, and the way I also see it as a person who has been in leadership positions at, at companies and managing teams. And so, you know, for me, this topic is a little bit of a conundrum, right? So I, I believe, you know, Elon Musk or any other CEO of any other organization, any, any other uh, leader has a right to ask their employees to be in an office. I think that, you know, if you're going to run a company, that's what you desire. You you have that that's certainly within your powers. So certainly within, you know, the scope of your role to make that that edict or to make that that policy for your company's staff that they be in an office. I think that that's completely acceptable and completely fine. However, I think doing that with full acceptance and knowledge of the ramifications of that are also um, is also wise, right? So I think if you're Elon Musk, you probably feel pretty comfortable that you're going to be okay. Your company's going to be okay, whatever that means to you. By by um, making that that policy very clear, um, otherwise you wouldn't you wouldn't make it clear. I think there are some leaders, however, that they hope they can thread a needle thread the needle of I'm going to want this and I'm going to ask for it, but I'm not going to do it clearly and I'm just going to send signals that this is what I desire. And so for me, I am conflicted because I think leaders certainly have the right to ask for it, but employees certainly also have the right to say, yeah, no, I don't think this works for me and to make decisions with their feet, right? So capitalism and you know free markets, they work both ways. So companies can demand what they want and employees, to the degree they have other options, can make other choices for themselves and for their families. And I've always believed in both sides of that. So, you know, for me, I, I have been the beneficiary of flexibility 
since I've had children, right? So I think everybody knows who's listened to this regularly or knows me or knows me well that my family and my my children are the main driver for the decisions that I make in my life and in my career. And so since my my first son was born, he's eight now, um, and really over the last eight years, all along I have had flexibility in my schedule. So for several years, I worked uh, four 10-hour days, Monday through Thursday, and I had Fridays off. And I will tell you, at the point in time, you know, like I said, executives have a right to make decisions. At the point in time that the CEO of the company that I worked for made a cho- made a decision that employees could not have that kind of flexibility, that was right around the same time that that became a factor in me seeking other employment and in leaving that organization. So again, you you can make whatever decisions you want to make if you're an executive, if you're a CEO, if you're a leader, but there are choices. You know, I'm one person. Um, I do believe that there is a groundswell of people who feel that these things are necessary to be successful, certainly post-COVID. Um, and employees, I think, will react in the ways that are best for them. Um, the ones that have other options will make other choices. And it, it certainly puts an employ- employer in a in an uncompetitive position in many ways if they want to demand certain things from their employees that maybe are going to be provided, um, going to be provided elsewhere. So I will tell you, as a manager of people and as someone who benefited from having flexibility over the course of um, the past eight years since I had my oldest son, I will tell you it means everything, everything. Um, I could not have been successful. I would not have continued working, certainly not in the way I did, had I not had that from both of the organizations that I worked for, um, for a period of time at one and then uh, for a period of time at the other prior to me going out on my own and launching the business that I now have uh, last November. So it means everything, both in terms of the company's policies, but also in terms of the way that managers um, enact those policies and and promote them within the organization. Um, so both of those things are important. So again, you know, I, I don't believe that as a society we should um, put pressure necessarily on companies beyond just the market pressure that occurs when employees, uh, when employers make certain choices, uh, have certain policies. Um, those things have natural consequences. And I think that we should allow that to play out, right? And I think with it, that that's what happens uh, anyway as, as time goes by. So you know, the other thing I want to talk about in, in Elon Musk's um, email, actually I think it was the one that he wrote to folks um, before this one, so the one that was a little bit more direct. He talks about the company culture. And interestingly, and I've heard this whole culture argument made by uh, senior executives, CEOs, when talking about a need to have people come back to the office. You know, we need a culture where everyone's together. We need a culture of camaraderie. We need a culture where people are together. And I think we have to first start with, you know, what what is a definition of culture that makes sense? And, you know, if you believe culture can be created by a CEO, as an example, purely through their desire or their words or their um, their explanation of what they want, I think you're misguided, right? So for me, culture culture comes down to what is created in the hearts and minds of people and what is what 
in those hearts and minds is brought into the workplace, whether that workplace is a building or, you know, Zoom calls or, or whatever the case might be. And so from a culture perspective, you know, if you, if you think that employees are going to show up every day, they're there, they've, they're complying with the policy of being at work, but they're showing up resentful, they're showing up discouraged, they're showing up worried about their family responsibilities, they're showing up questioning their employer's decision-making about what's in their best interest. All of your talk of culture is very difficult to believe because each and every one of those people who feels that way is a detriment to your culture and ultimately will be a detriment to the other employees around them and cause more damage to your employee to your employee brand because it hasn't started with the employee's needs now i get it again these decisions are hard and they're made by by leaders and they believe that they're the right choices but there are outcomes that come from those decisions that may not be what you want from a cultural perspective. However, if you look at it on the flip side, if you've got a more friendly policy towards your employees around this notion of flexibility and they're showing up grateful and they are showing up positive and they are showing up appreciative of the fact that their employer understands their needs and provides support and provides um options to enable them to be successful both at work and at home, I think you're going to have a positive culture. I think you're going to have what you want. Um, You're not going to have folks, you know, checking the box of, you know, I'm here, um, but I'm disgruntled, but I'm here. I showed up today. Um, You're going to have people that genuinely are engaged and genuinely feel supported by their, by their manager, by their employer, by their organization. And I think that ultimately leads more than anything else to a strong and positive culture. So what is the right answer then, right? So I I don't believe that anything to an extreme works well, right? So I think Elon Musk's email is extreme. I think it's too far one way. Um, again, he can he can say whatever he wants to say. He's not he's not gonna suffer in any way, shape, or form by anything he says. Um, I don't think he's concerned. Um, but I do think from a human perspective, it, it goes way too far. I do think anything that is too far the other direction, uh, a message of you never have to come into an office, you know, it's all on your terms, um, you know, that depending on your business and depending on the needs of your business may not work too. So what is the right answer? I think the right answer is likely like most things somewhere in the middle. And that would be hybrid scenario of working, you know, some in the office, some at home. It would be a scenario where there's flexibility, you know, on both sides, right? So flexibility and the way I've always felt about it is that it goes both ways. The company's flexible with you, but you are also flexible and you're not, you know, um, inflexible because you have challenges that require you to do things that that, uh, maybe you don't want to do from a schedule perspective or whatever it might be. So it goes both ways. So the answer is usually in the middle, like most things, and it's a bit gray. My hope as we come out of COVID fully, which I think we're there, and I think you know the reason you're starting to see things like this from, from Elon Musk and from others is because we are coming out of this. Um, but my hope is that companies understand the trade-offs that they're making, um, that we've got a more human aspect 
that COVID has left with us. Um, I think that was one positive byproduct of going through what we went through for the past couple of years, um, where we are more supportive of families, of parents, of people's responsibilities at home. Uh, my passion is working parents. My passion is helping working parents and families be successful, both at work and at home. And I believe that this element that we're talking about, flexibility, is a core component of that. So whether you're Elon Musk, another CEO, a manager, whatever it might be, I hope that we will have more and more leaders who will get this right. Um, I don't think Elon Musk did in this example, um, but I hope others will. And I hope that we can keep the parts of what we've learned over the past couple of years going to enable people's success and to make people um, better versions of themselves, both at work and at home. So that is all for now, folks. Remember, people are greater than performance. People are the creators of performance and people come before performance. Have a great day. 